0: Welcome to Southern Illinois Worship Center. Today, you'll be hearing a powerful message from our latest series. Let's listen in now. or an iPhone, or an iPad, or however you get it. I want to turn to the Gospel of John chapter 19. And I uh, want to read a couple things to you uh, out of John chapter 19. Matter of fact, the story that I'm going to read to you out of John 19 is... One of the very few stories that is mentioned in all four of the Gospels, Matthew writes about it, Mark wrote about it, Luke wrote about it, and then we're going to read it in John. It's an interesting story. It's about a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. There's many Josephs in the Bible, and there were so many of, it was such a common name, they would put something after the end of their name to denote which Joseph they were talking about. And so they used Arimathea, which was the town that this Joseph was from. It was about 20 miles outside of Jerusalem, and he had made his way on this day because he was a part of the Sanhedrin, which he didn't approve of what the Sanhedrin was doing to Jesus. He had witnessed the trials, the inspections. He had witnessed the betrayals. He had witnessed all of that. Then he witnessed the crucifixion. And after the crucifixion is where we'll pick up the story in John chapter 19 and verse 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews. So let me just pause there and say, in the day and age in which we live right now, we do not need any more secret disciples. We need people who will boldly step forward and say, I'm one of his. But the pressure that was on Joseph of Arimathea and the reason why he was in secret is the same pressure that is in our day to day. He was not in secret because of Jesus. He was in secret because of the society that was around him and the pressure that he would lose everything because he was a believer in Jesus Christ. And this is the same pressure that is going to be applied to all of us, that we should just go along with the crowd instead of going along with the Christ. And it is important for us that we go along with Christ in spite of the crowd, So if you're a secret disciple or you're thinking about being a disciple, this is a day to boldly step forward. You're not going to find an easier day to be a disciple of Jesus Christ than on Easter Sunday because everybody comes out of the closet on Easter Sunday and says, I'm a Christian. So this would be a good day to just to boldly declare, I am one of his, and I'm not in secret, I'm not going to be in the shadows, but I'm going to step forward and boldly declare that I am a follower and a believer of Jesus Christ. So he said he did it for the fear of the Jews, and so he asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission, so he came and he took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who had first came to Jesus by night, he also came. And he brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds. Some of the other writers said it was 75 pounds regardless so let's just put it this way. If Pastor Tim and I were doing it, it had been 75 pounds. We'd have had to carry it together. If it was 100 pounds, then Pastor Michael did it by himself. <laughs> Regardless, it was, it was a lot of spices and a lot of myrrh. And they began to take the, they, then they took the body of Jesus and they bound it in strips of linen with the spices as the customs of the Jews is to bury now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So there they laid Jesus because of the Jews' preparation day, for the tomb was nearby. I just want to speak to you for the next three and a half hours or so <laughs> on begging for the body of Christ. Paul would write to us in the book of Corinthians, and he Talk to all of us as believers, and he said that we are the body of Christ. So as you look at this story, you can look at it one of three ways. You can look at it what Joseph of Arimathea did for Jesus. You can do what we should gather the spirit of Joseph of Arimathea and do for the body of Christ. And then you can look at what Joseph did and say that that's what Jesus is also doing for the body of Christ. But Joseph began by, the New King James Version of this says that he begged for the body of Christ. The word beg means that you have an impassioned cry. You are imploring somebody for something you desire a favor or charity or love for somebody. So you are begging for it. And Joseph was begging for the body of Christ, he was pleading for the body. Now, I recognize in the scripture here, he was begging and pleading for the tangible body of Christ. But my prayer is, is that in 2022, that there would people who would catch the spirit of Joseph of Arimathea, and we would begin to beg for the body of Christ. We would begin to beg for our brothers and sisters. We would have a passion about what's going on in our brothers and sisters. And if you look at this story where Joseph was begging for the body, the body has been crucified. The body has been pierced, the body has been beaten, the body has been bloodied, it has been hammered, nails through its hands and its feet, and a crown of thorns upon its head. The body has been everything but broken. It is in a position where no one really wants it, but Joseph wants the body of Christ. And I think it's important for us in this day where the enemy can do to our brothers and sisters just about everything that he desired to do to Jesus where he beats people up, he busts them up, he bloodies them up, he nails them, he, he persecutes them, he falsely accuses them, then he also then truthfully accuses them. And, and all of that, I pray that there would be a, a part of the body of Christ that we begin to beg for our brothers and sisters, to plead for our brothers and sisters who have been broken and who have been beaten and have been bloodied. And we, when nobody else wants them, that's when the body of Christ steps in and says, I want to beg for them. I'm pleading for them. If nobody else will take them, we'll take them. And not only will we take them, but we're going to take care of them. We're not going to crucify them afresh. So if you're in this place or under the sound of my voice and the enemy's been wearing you out and he's been beating you up and he's been bloodying you and, and just, bludgeoning you. I want to say something to you. You are welcome in this place. We'll pray for you. We'll stand with you. We'll praise God with you. We'll worship with you. We'll we'll, we'll counsel with you. We'll stand by you. We'll stand with you. And when the enemy knocks you down, we're going to help lift you up. This is not some sanctuary for the sanctified. This is a hospital for the hurting. Listen, this is not just an aquarium where we view the fish. This is a place where we get fed, where the hungry are taking... Care, where the wounded are bandaged up. That's what it means to be begging and pleading for the body of Christ. Not only did he beg for the body, then he said, the scripture says, and he went and he took the body. See, I think a lot of people will have no problem praying for people, but prayer has to move from just thinking about it and saying something about it. Now we have to do something about it. And the body of Jesus was still on the cross. This is something that most of us would not even want to touch. Isaiah said of Jesus that he would be beaten beyond imagination. Almost beyond recognition. It said that his visage would be marred. His face would be marred. His body would have been marred. So what they're looking at is the scene of a murder It is beyond recognition what has happened to Jesus. So he had to go and touch the body that nobody else wanted to touch. He had to go deal with the results of sin. He had to go deal with the results of crucifixion, but he was willing to do it. And so Joseph of Arimathea had to go up behind. If he was still nailed to the cross, they would have to go up behind the cross. They had to get real close and pull the nails out of the person who had been crucified. And the reason why he was doing this, he had no idea exactly why he was doing it other than something had touched his heart. Something went on on that day that he was like, I can't stand in the shadows anymore. I can't stand on the sidelines anymore. I can't stand with the crowd anymore. I've been in secret, but what I have witnessed here happened to Jesus, happened to somebody who was innocent, something that happened that should never happen to somebody else. Something moved him that where he said, I must go plead or beg. For the body. I need not know just to beg for the body, but I need to take the body. And all of us, when we've been beaten up and bloodied, and tied up and put in bondage and chains in our life, all of us need somebody in the body of Christ that's willing to go where no one else will go, is willing to do what no one else will do and come up behind us and help us get out of the mess that the enemy has put us in to get up behind us and say, I'm not gonna leave you here to be ashamed, I'm not gonna leave. I'm not going to leave you here to be desecrated. I'm not going to leave you here to be disqualified. I'm not going to leave you here so you can be corrupted. But I'm going to get you off of this. I'm going to take you because you don't have strength to do it on your own. Wouldn't it be amazing if the body of Christ would begin to support one another instead of gossiping about one another? Wouldn't it be amazing if the body of Christ prayed for one another instead of talking about one another? Wouldn't it be amazing if the body of Christ said, if you can't get out of it on your own, I'm going to help you get out of it. If you can't break the chains of demonic bondage out of your life, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to begin to anoint you, and I'm going to help you get out of the mess. Why was it so important that he would take the body? Well, 2 Chronicles chapter 33 and Jeremiah chapter 7 talked about there was a valley of hymen. In Jesus' day, it was the valley of Gehana, or where we would get hell. And it was where the criminals would be cast into this valley. It was a valley of corruption. It was a valley of sin. And whenever they would execute somebody, they would throw them into this valley. Then you have the psalm would say about the Holy One. He said, of the Holy One, you will not allow his body to be corrupted. Then in Acts chapter 2, verses 25 through 28, that same prophecy is reiterated again. That you will not leave the Holy One or allow the Holy One to be corrupted. So when Jesus is hanging on the cross, time is ticking and the Jews are more than likely hoping and praying that Jesus would stay on that cross because the longer he stayed there and he didn't get the proper burial of a Jew, that would disqualify him from being the Messiah. So if they could leave his body up there and the birds of the air and the prey of the air would begin to pick his body apart, he would have been corrupted. Or the Romans' other philosophy was, was to pull him off the cross and to throw them in the valley of and or throw them into the valley of hell. But because the one hanging on the cross was the Holy One, and there was a prophecy that his body should not see corruption, what Joseph of Arimathea was doing, what touched his heart, was he didn't even realize that what he was getting ready to do was to fulfill prophecy. They, they intended to humiliate Jesus and corrupt Jesus and disqualify Jesus out of his destiny. But because Joseph of Arimathea finally stepped out of the scene, and out of the darkness of the shadows and said, I can't leave him hanging there. There's something that has happened in my heart. I'm going to beg for him. I'm going to plead for him. What he was doing was fulfilling the prophecy of the Old Testament that said he will not allow the Holy One to be corrupted. Wouldn't it be amazing if we, the body of Christ, when we see the enemy wearing our brothers and sisters out, that the destiny over their life is getting ready to be ravaged, that the prophecies over their life are getting ready to be ravaged, where the enemy is doing everything in his power to disqualify them, that there would be some people that would step up behind you and say, listen, I'm not going to allow your destiny to be ruined. I'm not going to allow your dreams to turn into nightmares. I'm not going to allow the enemy to destroy the destiny over your life. I'm not even going to be the one that's going to be the Messiah, but I'm willing to get behind you and push you into your destiny. This is what he did. So he gets up behind him and he pulls the nails out of him. And the the historical pictures are that they would drop the body by using a cloth. John tells us that Nicodemus is there with him. Now, these guys are violating customs and laws. He's a member of the Sanhedrin. He understands the customs and the laws. They're not supposed to touch dead things. They're not supposed to touch blood. Jesus has just been crucified. He hasn't been up there long enough for his blood to dry. It's been pooling in his body. And as they're pulling the nails out of him, they're getting blood all over them. And as they're lowering the body of Jesus down, who's ever underneath it, which more than likely was Nicodemus, as he's lowering the body on the Nicodemus, Nicodemus is now touching a dead thing and blood is coming all over his body. And I'm sure the Sanhedrin are sitting over there going, well, those two fellas are disqualified. They've now been contaminated. They got some sin in their life, some leaven in their life, and they are disqualified. But what Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea were really saying was this, you think that the blood of Jesus contaminates me, but... But the blood of Jesus is actually covering me. What you think is a sin in my life is the blood that's actually going to cover my life. And I wish to God that the Christian church would rise up and say, you think that Jesus is contaminating, but I think Jesus is covering. You think it's wrong for me to come here and worship and praise and pray and give and serve? You think that's contaminating? No, it's what's actually covering my life. And I'm going to step out of the shadows on Easter Sunday of 2022 and say the blood of Jesus is covering me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. That's why I'm not contaminated. Is because the blood of Jesus has been applied to my life. I get to worship. I get to praise. I get to give thanksgiving because I'm not contaminated. I have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. So he begged for the body, then he took the body, and then he moved the body. And I want to say to some of you that think you don't mean anything to the body of Christ. One man, one man who got a passion for Christ moved the body of Christ. All it takes is one person who gets a passion and a burden for the body of Christ, and you can move the body of Christ. All it takes is one person in Southern Illinois to get a passion for the body of Christ. And when you get a passion and you get a burden, my friend, you can move the body of Christ. You can move the body of Christ into the position of a revival. You can move the body of Christ into the position of reconciliation. You can move the body of Christ into the position of restoration. You can move the body if you'll go after your passion and your dreams and the prophecies over your life. Listen. I didn't come here to Southern Illinois to not have revival so when I came here to this church, just look around you. When I came here to this church there were 92 folks in this building and they all huddled on this side of the church and so when I came to Southern Illinois I intended to move the body of Christ. I didn't do it in my own strength but the Lord anointed my wife and I to come to Southern Illinois to tell you that you're worthy of revival, you're worthy of restoration, you're worthy of everything that the word of God says you can have and we will stand here and tell you that you are the head and not the tail that you are above only and never beneath you are the redeemed of the lord and you are to say so every day of your life you're blessed when you go in and you're blessed when you go out you're blessed in the city you're blessed in the field your whole house is blessed one man that catches that vision can move the entire body of christ And I want to tell you and I want to tell hell that it is not over yet. The next building is just one more vessel that we're going to fill up to move the body of Christ into the position of revival, reconciliation, and restoration. So, Joseph and Nicodemus got 75 pounds. 75 pounds of myrrh. And aloe, lotions and spices. That's a lot of spices. 75 pounds. You know what it tells me? That the work of the ministry is exactly that work. Ministry is actually spelled with a four letter word W O R K is work. Hauling 75 pounds or 100 pounds of spices. Some of y'all say, Oh, you carry your babies in the church but they ain't 75 pounds or 100 pounds. You've held them all through worship. They ain't 75, 100 pounds. About the time they get to be about 30 pounds, you're like, you know what? I think you need to stand there. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'm going to go check you into worship center kids and somebody else is going to deal with you while I worship. Thank God for worship center kids. And So here we have Joseph of Arimathea has taken the body, And now he's going to prepare the body. 33 years earlier, another Joseph prepared the body of Jesus. They wrapped the body of Jesus as a baby. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes or in linen cloth. And then myrrh was presented to him. This is a prophecy of what's getting ready to happen 33 years later in Jesus' life. So Joseph, his stepdad or his earthly father, however you want to reference him, they wrap him in swaddling clothes. And we often, we depict the manger as a wooden manger, but it was in a stone sepulcher where the wooden manger was. So they put him in to a stone sepulcher where the wooden manger was at. And they put him in there and then people come and they're presenting gifts. And one of the gifts was a burial spice called myrrh. Now Jesus came to fulfill the law. So in in Leviticus chapter 16, there's a prescription there. And the prescription was that on the day of atonement, the high priest, he had wonderful priestly garments. They were bejeweled and bedazzled. I mean, they went through the bedazzling machine of some of y'all that make t-shirts. And they went through all, it was just amazing. But on the day of atonement, they were required to take off their exclusive garment as the high priest. They were to lay aside all those costly arrays and all that wonderful stuff that would call attention to themselves and they were to put on a linen robe like the rest of the priesthood was supposed to do so they put on a linen robe on the day of atonement and the high priest once he donned this linen robe then he would go into the holies of holies and inside of the holy house of holies he would disappear from everybody else's view all that was around him in the, those days, they would wrap a rope around their ankle. That way, if the bells at the bottom of the rope stopped ringing, they knew that God had smote him dead and the sacrifice was not accepted and their sins would not be rolled forward to the next year. So they would drag him out with a rope and thank God we don't do this today or I'd probably be dragged off the stage. But they would drag him out of there, and but, but if he came out alive. What he was then testifying to was that The sacrifice was acceptable, and the blood has covered, and your sins are rolled forward for another year. So here we have Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, after they take the body, they begin to prepare the body, they begin to put myrrh on the top of it, they begin to put aloe over the top of it, and then the scripture says, and they wrapped him in fresh linen garments. Why? Because Jesus is our high priest and because he's now wrapped in his his priestly garment, and he's getting ready to disappear out of sight where nobody else could see him, he's getting ready to go in and see if the sacrifice was acceptable, and did the blood cover, so this is why today is so important, because Jesus didn't remain in the tomb, they didn't pull him out by a rope, but Jesus is alive, so when Jesus stepped forth out of the tomb, the sacrifice was acceptable, and the blood had now covered, but it didn't roll your sins forward to the next year. No, it wiped your sins away as far as the east is from the west. So shall your sins be forgotten about your life. The sacrifice is acceptable. And what I love about Joseph of Arimathea, and I want, this is why I want to be his pastor. I just wish I had a whole lot of myrrh and spices and I could rub it all over all of you today. Joseph was anointing something that was dead believing that it was going to come to life. I wish I could get a hold of all of you and all of your dead dreams and your dead children and your dead, all of that stuff that's happened in your life that the enemy has said is dead. I wish you could bring it to the altar here today and I could wrap it in linen and get it ready for a resurrection and begin to anoint everything that the enemy has said is dead in your life. Everything that the enemy has said he has killed in your life. I want to be like Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. I just want to anoint dead things with the expectation that those things are getting ready to come to life. I want to anoint your children. I want to anoint your grandchildren. I want to anoint those that are far off. I want to anoint your ministry. I want to anoint your destiny. I want to anoint your dream that the enemy said he has killed and he has destroyed it. But today we come with an anointing of the Holy One of Israel. And we anoint dead things that will come back to life. May your children live again. May your grandchildren live again. May your dream live again. May your family live again. May your marriage live again. May your finances live again. You can stay standing. So he anoints that dead thing. He prepared that body. What was he preparing that body for? He took that body to a tomb that he had prepared. God had blessed Joseph of Arimathea with great resources. And he used those resources thinking he was building it for himself. And then Jesus needed to borrow his resources. He had hewn out this tomb with his own resources that God had blessed him with. And as I was praying over this this morning, the Lord said, what do you think you did over on the other side of this lobby? I gave you resources. And you took the resources that I gave you and you hewed something out to prepare for the body of Christ. You thought you were doing it for yourself, but really you were just doing it for me because I'm going to have need of what you've built over there because I'm getting ready to possess what you have built. And here's what Joseph did. He took that body and he positioned the body. He took it out of the dead position and position the body for a resurrection position. It wasn't going to be resurrected off the cross. It was coming out of a tomb. So he took the body off the dead position and he put it into the position to be resurrected. It is our duty as ministers and the body of Christ to take people who are in the dead position and to begin to position them in the resurrection position. It's our job to anoint them and to pray over them and to beg for them and to prepare for them to position them for what Jesus... He's getting ready to do and that's he's getting ready to split the eastern sky and we're going to be called up to meet him in the air to position the body of christ for a resurrection how many of you are ready for a resurrection how many of you position for the great victory that god has for your life then put your hands together and give god praise and give him glory and give him honor for the great things that he has done Thank you for listening today. Be sure to check out our podcast weekly, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also visit siwcenter.org to find out more information about Southern Element Worship Center. Be sure to join us right here next week.